On this episode of The B-Side, we're going to be discussing leadership. Welcome to The B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. So I'm Vince, and I'm here with Matt, as always, and we're going to be talking about uh, leadership and how to grow in leadership, why it's important, and, and all of that. But first, we got a couple of things that we want to mention. We thought about doing podcasts on them, um, but I'm going to call this our honorable mention section. Yeah, and, and I think part of the thing is is that we've talked about these things so much uh, in the in the congregation and in, in the Sunday service. They've been in our newsletters. They've been in our communications for now going back six weeks almost. Uh, and and honestly, one of the other things about this too is that the heart of these is the same as our heart for any outreach that we do and any of these above and beyond things that we do. And it's to share the gospel with people need to know it. So uh, I think, you know, just mentioning these here and the importance of them should be sufficient. And, you know, the first one is Mother's Day. Mother's Day is coming up this Sunday, and Mother's Day is an important day uh, for the church. And I don't know if most people realize this or not, but Mother's Day is such an important day for the church because it is— Historically, at least, it is one of the better attended Sundays. It's like top three up there with Jesus' birthday and his resurrection. Yeah, so there's something about mothers that that compels people to get to church with their mother or with the women right. that are significant in their life. And so I guess I would just give this quick encouragement to moms and grandmas. Hey, don't be afraid to ask this weekend. This weekend, more than any other weekend, mm-hmm. uh, your, your family member that you've been praying for and, and wanting to get connected to a church, they are more, than, than, more likely than most weekends to say yes for Mother's Day. And so keeping that in mind, we have created uh, what we think is a good outreach opportunity on Sunday. We are serving breakfast. Everybody's welcome for breakfast, men, women, kids. Uh, but the breakfast is to honor the women in our lives. And so moms or not, to honor the women in our lives, we will be serving a French toast bar uh, in the fellowship hall at 8.30. We're going to have a photo station out there for people to get family pictures taken or pictures with people that are important to them. Yeah. Uh, so it should be fun. People love pictures. Yeah. Just it's stuff. one of those things where it, it just it helps draw people in. And so the, the next thing that we got going on the week after that is a carnival, which um, I'm not sure if everybody really knows what that means. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, here's the thing. We are, we are never going to compromise our Sunday morning worship, right? We're, we're, not, we're not turning our Sunday morning worship service into a carnival. Um, but, but again, what we're doing is, as much as possible— we're leveraging the significant times in people's lives to, to draw people into the church, to let them know that the church has something for them, and that the church—we're not stuffy folks that don't know how to have fun. Man, we've got the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are made new. We, we should have the best message, and we should have the most joy of anybody that right. people meet. Right. And so, you know what? We're just going to celebrate. It's getting close to the end of the school year. Uh, we're getting into our summer schedule and those things, and so we're just going to have um, our regular church service, but it's going to be a family service. So we're going to sing, mm-hmm. and we're going to preach, and we're going to pray, and we're going to do all of those things, but we're going to do it in a family environment here during the Sunday morning. And then after church, 
Uh, we are going to have a cookout. We're going to have games, cotton candy, snow cones. Uh, there's a bounce house. There's yard games. There's going to be plenty of things to do to just in this carnival kind of a style, and it should be a lot of fun. And that's a, another great thing to invite people to. Get them connected. And just in case the weather is south, we will still be having the carnival. It'll be inside. It may be the only time that you ever see a church with a bounce house in its sanctuary. Yeah, I, I'm praying, and we've been praying for a couple of weeks now that, that God would that, that God would uh, hold the weather um, that day to, to where we want it so that, that we can honor him through this activity. But there's part of me, can I be honest with you? Yeah. There's part of me that is a little bit like, well, if it rains, I'm not sad about that because I kind of want to see the chairs moved out of the way and a bounce house in the middle of the sanctuary. I think that would be fun. If that happens, I might actually have to get in the bounce house oh. to jump around a little bit because then I could say that I jumped around in a bounce house in the sanctuary, which I think will be all kinds of fun. I mean, that's a story that your kids can have forever. Right, right. Like, I remember when I bounced in a bounce house in the sanctuary. I don't know. But, but hopefully the weather's going to be great. And, but regardless, we're going to have a lot of fun that day. And uh, it's going to be a good celebration to the end of the school year. And uh, it's the week before graduation and the end of school. And it's just going to be, I think, a good time. So we're going to jump into a talk on leadership. And what really kind of spurred this on is in one week, we're going taking 24 of our church uh, lay leaders, staff, elders to the Chicago area for the Right Now Conference. And about two weeks ago now, uh, we took a team of three. I led a team of three to Atlanta for a family ministry conference. And so we started to think, well, do people really know why these are important? Yeah. And so we wanted to talk about leadership, why leadership's important, and how to grow in leadership. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the questions that I imagine people have, Vince, about these things is, well, well, who decides who goes to these conferences? And well, how come I didn't get an invitation? Or how come this? And, and, and there's one thing I want to say is, man, we, we would love for everybody to be able to experience these kinds of things. And we hope that over the course of years, everybody will be able to experience these right. kinds of things. Um, but, I mean, obviously, we are, want to be great stewards of the resources that God's provided us with, that people generously give um, as he's laid on their hearts. And so we want to be careful about how we spend those. And so we can't afford to shut down church and send, you know, 200 people to these, these right. conferences, uh, especially the Right Now conference. That was in Atlanta. It involved plane tickets and yep. uh, kind of some expensive hotel accommodations and some other things. And so Absolutely. that one was um, a little bit more restrictive. It was people that serve... Um, in leading our midweek children's program. Obviously, you lead our family and, and, and youth and children's ministries, yep. and uh, then somebody from our children's ministry team. So that was yeah. specific. And, and that was, man, I wish I would have been able, every first-time youth pastor, if, if you're, like, just trolling through the Internet and you find this and you're a first-time youth pastor, go to Orange Conference. You'll be so much better in that first year. Yeah. I wish I would have had it. Yeah. Well, and I, you know what? It, it, it's great. I mean, it's great for you to have that attitude that says, you know what, man, if I'd have known this stuff a year and a half ago, I'd have been able to do my job so much better. But what's great about that, too, is I know it now, and we can, we can start doing things in a way that, right. that really moves even better. It's not that we haven't done good. But you know as well as I do, one of our core values is excellence, and we are always striving to be excellent. And so yeah. it's a great conference for that. 
So leadership as God's provision. Well, I want to, before, yep. before we jump in there, I, I do want to say too that that was the Orange Conference. Right now, we have a little bit more leeway. Yeah. Uh, because we subscribe to Right Now Media, they actually bless us with the ability to take, um, for a very small price, to take a, a good number of folks to that. So we actually purchased uh, 24 tickets for $140. Yeah. Uh, now, we also have to get there. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. to uh, have hotels while we're there. So even the 24 people, are, even though the, the total price for the tickets was $140, which is just a blessing because this is a top-notch leadership conference. It's ridiculous. Right. So you don't get that kind of opportunity. And so we wanted to grasp it. Uh, but we're still, that's still going to cost $2,500 to $3,000 by the time you add up the, the multiple nights in hotels for that many people and uh, mileage and, and gas to get there. And so... Uh, You know, it's one of those where we got to invite a lot of people, but we didn't get to invite everybody. And so I want to just run down quickly the checklist of how we got there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We started with elders and spouses and staff and and spouses. And and because we said, you know what, these are people that are pouring into the church on a regular basis. This is their this is their vocation or it's their it's their very significant lay ministry. And their spouses also need to be encouraged because they are sacrificing a lot of time, a lot of energy. Um, they're, they're sacrificing family time to be involved in the ministry of the church. Definitely. And so, so that's where we started. And then uh, we, we went from there and we just kind of had a plan of attack for who we were going to invite. Mm-hmm. And then we invited ministry team leaders because those are people that serve in a, 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 just a significant area uh, in the church. Uh, they are high-level leaders that are, are, are needing to be encouraged and equipped as well. And so we invited them. Uh, and uh, then we, we moved on to, to then some folks that are um, involved in a, um, a men's leadership elder study as we're trying to groom leaders for the future and thought that would be a great way to continue to equip and encourage those men to serve as leaders in the future. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, when I got here four years ago, Vince, we had, uh, we had let's see, five elders. Yeah. Those five elders— were the same elders that came from the launching of the church. And that's great. That is some longevity, and that is a lot of wisdom in that room. But one of the problems is we didn't have new elders that were trained and ready to step in. And so one of the things that we want to make sure we do is that we're always reproducing ourselves as leaders. And so we've got a, we've got a great, there's 11 or 12 guys that come to this besides the staff and elders uh, to, to be trained uh, and learn and grow in leadership. And so we were able to extend the invitation to some of them. Yeah. Uh, And then we were able just to target a couple of people that we were asking to take future ministry teams. Yeah. And so it it really was such an exciting opportunity to be able to offer that level of leadership Mm -hmm. training to those folks. I think one way to look at it is that we really targeted the people that are the equippers in our congregation. Not necessarily, you know, the, the, hey, look at me, but that they're in a position where they're equipping other people to do ministry, whether that's spouses that honestly equip their spouse who's an elder or a leader or a ministry team leader to, to do their ministry, we, we really looked at uh, equippers and future equippers. Well, yeah, there's no way I could do my job um, as a pastor if Carrie weren't pouring into me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it just, yeah, this, this is good stuff, and, and, and we're excited about it, but it does. It brings up this question of, of well, what is leadership, and how does it work, and how do you grow? Right. So... Leadership as God's provision. Uh, you want to just 
kind of touch on that real quick as we, we jump into this, because I'm not sure everybody would always see leadership that way, especially uh, when we look at uh, work environments for people that, you know, aren't in a Christian environment, and they're like, leadership, it's God's provision for the church, and uh, I don't see that, and yeah. Yeah, how does that work out? Yeah, unfortunately, we live in a culture where, I mean, now, I say this, there are some great leaders in the world that we live in, political leaders, there are some great business leaders, there are great community leaders, and I don't want to, I don't want to, um, to belittle that right. at all, but I will say that our common experience of leaders in the world is not stellar. Right, we we see leaders that tend to lord it over others, leaders that cheat the system, leaders that are worried more about themselves than they are anybody else, and 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 so they act accordingly. And so we look at leadership kind of skeptically, yeah. uh, and even in the church, unfortunately, uh, the leaders in churches that you hear about most frequently are the leaders that screw it up somehow. Right. Whether they're they're sleeping with people they shouldn't sleep with. Uh, they're, they're taking money that doesn't belong to them. That, the only um, time you can get in the news as a pastor, it seems is like. Is when you do something monumentally wrong. Yeah. But if we look at what God's Word says, and we look at the grand, grand majority of leaders, church leaders uh, in, in the world today, whether it's pastors or elders or ministry team leaders or deacons or deaconesses or whatever you call them, lay leaders, what we see is that those are men and women that God has specifically called to serve his purposes in the local church. And so when there is leadership, strong, good leadership in the church, that is a way that God has provided the church with what it needs to think missionally, to think with vision, and to, to make a difference in the community that God has planted them in. And so when we look, I think I thank God frequently uh, for our elders and for our ministry team leaders, yeah. because I look at our elders and ministry team leaders, is that is what God has given us to do the ministry that he's given us. And I'll take it a step further. If we don't have a leader to do a ministry, then I'm going to go ahead and assume that that is not a ministry that God has prepared for us to do. Because right. God will give us, through his glorious provision, will give us the leaders that we need to do the ministry. A perfect example of that, we don't do any kind of recovery programming here at the church. Yeah, like addiction recovery. We don't have any addiction recovery. recovery. Yeah, none yeah. of that. Um, but you, Because God is not equipped or, or put a passion in a leader here to take that and run with it. And, and you know, we might have, uh, a year ago, we might have looked around and said, well, we need that. There's nothing like that in the community. How can we do that? And, but, but no leader, God didn't provide a leader to, to jump in and champion and, and go there. And we look at, well, why, why, why? Well, now we have a church in town that does it, and it's a growing ministry, and it's a church that we love to partner with. And I think he told us yesterday that we had maybe eight or nine folks from our church that were a part of that program just last yeah. Wednesday. And that's spectacular, mm -hmm. because we don't need to own Kingdom yeah. Ministry in Vinton. Right. And I think that's a huge thing, and something I learned at Orange, is that so often churches can, can value church loyalty over kingdom loyalty. Mm. And when we value church loyalty, it's like, well, this is the only place you can do things. This is, if you're going to start a ministry, we need to put our name on it. And that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. But God's equipped other churches in our community yeah. to do great things. Yeah, for real. We don't, we don't need to own that. But that's a perfect example of how God gave them provision for what he was calling them to do. Right. He's given us provision for what he's called us to do. And when we come together as the church in Vinton, boy, we can do great things. Right. Um, more than we could do by ourselves because God provides what we need. 
Yeah, so I want to touch on uh, why leadership is important. Maybe you've made it through this part, and you're like, all right, all right. They'd go on conferences. It, God provides, but I'm not a leader. I, I'm going to challenge people and say you are a leader in some aspect of your life. Maybe not at the church, maybe not at work, but you are a leader to someone. And so the reason leadership is important is because we're all leaders. And I think when we lead well, especially in the church, and outside the church, when we lead well, people see the gospel. And when we lead well, kids see the gospel through us as well. Well, that's, that's the nature of real leadership. Because real leadership is servant leadership. Right. And servant leadership only makes sense in connection with the gospel. You know, one of the things that floors me about, about the, the political and business world and, and community leadership things that happen is, is even people that, that want nothing to do with Christianity, even people that, that don't believe in the God of the Bible and don't understand Jesus, they will laud and they will applaud and they will uh, want exemplified the leadership traits that Jesus makes possible through the gospel. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with non-Christian friends who are under leaders that they complain about. And I go, well, that's not good leadership. Here's good leadership. And all I'm doing, I'm not, you know, pulling out my Bible. All I'm doing is saying, you know, here's, here's how Jesus did it. And this is what, G, you know, and I'm not say, doing this overly Christian thing. I'm just kind of slipping in the, these are Christian principles to leadership. And they go, oh my gosh, I would love to work for somebody like that. And it's like, well, who better to work for than God? Like, Come on. Right. So, so yeah, this is, I mean, I think leadership is so critical. And the other thing about what you're saying is everybody leads somebody. Somehow you're leading. Uh, and even if, even if maybe you don't recognize it, and here's the other thing I would push at that, is that perhaps um, God is growing you or wants to grow you into a role of leadership. Yeah. And maybe it's maybe it's it's a significant role of leadership. Maybe it's more of a minor role of leadership. But I think God is preparing people to lead, even if they don't know it. Yeah. So if God's preparing people to lead, how can we all intentionally grow in leadership? Because nothing is worse than a leader that just says, "You know what? I'm good, and uh, I got it all figured out, and I don't have to grow." And that those leaders uh, tend to kind of lose the power of their voice over time. Well, yeah, one of the first things I was taught as being a pastor is that um, I will get people to follow me for a brief time because of my position. Yeah. Like my position as lead pastor, senior pastor of this church will cause people to follow me mm -hmm. for a moment, uh, but that that will wane and that will fall away. But that if I lead well, that people will follow because I've led well, not because I've lorded my position over them. And so I think it is something to know, how do we grow in this? And, and I think one of the first things, Vince, for us to realize when it comes to leadership is that it's not about us. Yeah. You know, sure. that, that if you are serving in leadership or if you have a, a spark in your heart, in your soul, something that God's put in you that wants you to lead uh, and that's put this drive in you to lead, look, I have a passion to lead. I, I feel like I need to lead. Yeah. And that's not selfish and that's not building myself up. It's not puffing myself up. It's, I think, me being true to what God's put in me. Mm -hmm. But what I know is that there's no part of me feeling the desire and urge to lead that is about me. Uh, that, that when I lead well, it is all about God and all about the people that he's asked me to lead.
Yeah. Uh, and that's the heart of servant leadership. Yeah. And that's a, such a sh- subtle shift to, to make. But if you're going to lead, that's, that's a shift you need to make really early in this process of becoming and growing as a leader is a shift from me to everyone else. So uh, this, I think the second huge thing is uh, you got to cut sin out. Like, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. You can't be a leader. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm going to put this in, in, in strictly Christian terms now. I mean, right. we're, we're talking about leadership in, 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 you know, in the business world and community, and that's all fine and good. But in the church, um, you cannot be God's servant leading other people to grow in their faith and to extend their faith and to minister in faith if you're going to be faithless. Yeah. And when you are actively engaging in a life of sin, you have no authority to lead people. Uh, and not only that, but you can't expect God to honor your leadership. Right. You can't expect God to move through you if you're saying, God, yeah, I hear you, but I don't care. I want to do what I want to do. And so there is, and this is a mark for, for all Christians, but specifically as you're trying to grow in leadership, you have got to cut sin out of your life. And, and, and when I say, I mean, I, I'm not nicely, ruthlessly cut it out of your life. Yeah. I think the, the next thing, so we've shifted, we've cut sin out, and now spiritual disciplines come in. And I think when we start to ca- talk about spiritual disciplines, that's kind of... Um, the, the orthodox term that we've used in Christianity for a long time, but now in our modern day, we don't really know what disciplines are. And when we hear discipline, uh, we automatically think, nope, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Well, I think discipline simply means being in the practice of. Uh, and so when we practice our disciplines or when we grow in spiritual disciplines, it just means that we get in the habit of or we are well-versed in the practice of. And so things like reading your Bible every day, yeah, you know, I mean, reading your Bible every day, if you expect to lead people and you think God might be growing you up as a leader, you've got to lead by example. Read your Bible. Find out what's yeah. in there. Man, and, and, and let God speak to you through it. And as he speaks to you through it, it helps you be a better leader. As you become more in tune with him and his will for your life, it helps you be a better leader. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that, I mean, that's as simple as, as leading your family. Yeah. You need to do that well. But reading your Bible every day, praying, right. Uh, right. you know, uh, fasting on occasion, yep. uh, the spiritual discipline of joy. I mean, stop acting like, you know, you, your, your cat got run over every day of the week. Yeah, And have a little bit of joy in your life because, man, the gospel is a joy-filled thing, and we yeah. ought to celebrate. It goes back to why we celebrate here at the church. Right. Um, but that's a spiritual discipline. Yeah, uh, and I would say for anybody that uh, is like spiritual disciplines, read, pray, yeah, awesome. If you're looking for uh, inventive ways or creative ways to engage Scripture and God, um, I have a book in my office right now that's it's a spiritual disciplines handbook and it's just full of different ways throughout history that Christians have said, hey, here's an interesting way to pray. Here's an interesting way to read. Here's here's an interesting way to serve or, you know, just different ways to to engage it because I think sometimes you get that that workout fatigue when you first start working out and you all you do is walk the same same path the whole time and after about 4 days you're like, you know what? Uh this is boring. I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh we can get that way sometimes with reading or praying. And so if you need more resources, I got them for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot out there. Uh, and, and I think that's the next thing too, is read. 
Mm -hmm. right? I mean, if you fancy yourself a leader in training or a leader in making, or you want to grow as a leader, then you got to read. Right. And, and I know we've got people here who are like, ah, reading is hard for me. I don't, I don't love to read. Uh, reading for me has always been simple, but I know people, good intentioned people, intelligent, smart people, where reading is just a struggle. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, it's okay, uh, but we still have to power through. And I'm not saying we need to read textbooks, right. but we need to read. We need to be immersed in other kinds of thought. We need to grow in our theological understanding. We need to grow in our, our ministry understanding. We need to grow in our encouragement. Uh, and one of the best things that I would encourage that people use for that, if, if you're not a reader but, but you, you want to invest the time, uh, is, is something like Audible. Oh, Yeah. You know, where where it reads to you, and you can download audio versions, and especially if you have a commute. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, you know, it's just uh, if you're out cutting the grass, you know, and you've yeah. got you've got a forty five minute time where you're out there. Hey, you know, pop in the headphones and and listen to um, not just music, but listen to something else that's encouraging to you. And yeah. uh, I think reading is is of such value, and it's one of those things that most of us. Once we're out of school and we don't have to anymore, kind of just drop it. It, it just quits, yeah. right? And I think that's one of those things. Like, you you got your masters and you've been you've been through all sorts of school. I'm going through masters right now, and so we've had to do a lot of textbook reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my favorite books on leadership and spiritual things are less than 150 pages. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. I've learned so much in those books. So it doesn't have to be huge books. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I, I mean, I don't say this to brag, but I think we've talked about this on podcast before, but I had a goal. I set a goal in front of myself at the beginning of the year that I was going to read through 24 books this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were going to be books that varied. Some were just going to be encouragement books. Some were going to be books on um, specific kinds of ministry and some were going to be books on uh, theology. Yeah. And so I, I, I kind of have a variety of those books and I've been working through them. And I know you set a goal. I set a goal of 12 and I think that's a perfect example when it comes to reading, set yourself up for success. Yeah. I, I think I can read 12 books easily, but I know it's so easy for me to, to stop reading for a month yeah. and, and then get behind. Or, so 12 is like a perfect number. Well, and, and that's, uh, to be honest with you, so I was way ahead. I was sitting pretty. I was two books ahead when we got to the month of May. Me too. Uh, well, guess what? Now that the month of May is here, I, I, I didn't read anything in the last couple of weeks. Um, and so now I'm like, oh, I, I really ought to start getting back or I'm going to fall behind. But, but it's yep. just it's a nice reminder to be reading all the time. Yeah. And, and so the, the second thing, the second to last thing would be expose yourself to leaders and expose yourself to other resources. And, and what we're talking about there is, you know, first find a lead, find a good leader that you can sit under and, and glean from. Yeah, I mean I, I think one of the problems that that people have and, and let's be honest, we're not a large church, but we're not a small church. We're kind of in that weird size yeah. where a lot of people and this is a small church mentality especially. Mm-hmm. A lot of people wait to be asked Mm-hmm. and then they get offended if they're not asked. Right. You know, it's like they, they think they want to lead, they think they'd be a good leader, and they think other people just ought to think of them yeah. when they think of leaders. Um, and, and I get it, and maybe occasionally that works, right? I mean, there yeah. are people that I've identified that I'm like, you know what, I think that person would be a good leader, yeah. so I'm going, to in, I'm going to be intentional. But that doesn't always work. And I think instead of waiting for somebody to ask you, if you feel like God has wired you, don't wait. 
-hmm. get started on your own, expose yourself to these kinds of things. You know, ask to join a ministry team, ask to be a part of something, ask to talk to a leader and to sit down once a month and have coffee with a leader. I mean, you could buy two cups of coffee for, uh, at our coffee shop in town here, you're talking five bucks. So you could spend $5 a month buying yourself and somebody else that you've asked to spend time with you, a cup of coffee. And you could all of the sudden get a, 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 uh, a 12 hour leadership course just by investing $5 a month and some time to sit down and have coffee yeah. that, that would just really start to help grow you up. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that was huge for me. So I don't, if people don't know my story, I had one year left of seminary before I came here. So now I'm doing online, which is going to turn that one year into four. And, and so, but that was one of those things. I had one year left and I said, you know what? I'm not ready to be a, a, a lead pastor of a church. I, I just know that. And so I need to go and do what I know I'm good at, youth and children, and sit under a leader of a church and grow and learn. And so that when God says, hey, let's go, I'm actually ready. And so sitting under someone is huge. Yeah, and we've got so many resources. Right now has leadership resources um, just out the ears. You could just watch and listen and learn from great leaders uh, and things that you would typically have to pay a good chunk of money for right. that we provide. This Right Now conference, they've been doing these Right Now conferences for years. We've right. just gone the last couple of years. But if somebody is like, man, I wish I could have gone to that. You know what? They are all available through Right Now Media. Yeah. It's not exactly the same experience, but all of the teaching that we are going to be exposed to they can be exposed to um, just by making the, the intentional decision to get online, log in, search Right Now Media Conference, and, and watch and expose themselves to those. It's really, uh, it's really great stuff. But, I, I mean, don't wait to be asked. Jump right. in. And, and if you're jump in, I think sometimes when people talk about leadership, they think about like, oh, I'm going to lead this huge, gigantic. Start small if you're new to this. Start small. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we've got a lot of people in the church that uh, that would uh, would think of like um, Beth Moore mm-hmm. or Jenny Allen, right? Or some of those people that lead these huge ministries of women, mm-hmm. um, or and, and I know there's there's the same for men. You know, as we talk about uh, the guys that that lead right now or those things, if you hear those stories, yeah, you know, you know where they all started. I'm pretty sure Jenny Allen started with a a small Bible study in a blog. And yeah, now she's like this gigantic thing. Yeah, Beth Moore was teaching a Sunday school class at her Southern Baptist Church. Yeah, um, and in in Texas, I think it was, and and yeah, Jenny Allen was. Hey, I want to lead a community Bible study. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm sure maybe somewhere in their hearts, God planted a seed of big things, mm-hmm. um, or maybe as they did those little things faithfully, those big things and ideas grew out of it. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I think the idea is that. Too many people, and this is where we have to be careful of motives. Is this a we thing, yeah. or is this a me thing? Is this a glory of a God thing, or is this a my pride thing? Too many of us, when we think about leadership, we think that we are geared and wired and called to this huge thing, and we won't use the words, but our attitudes will say, we're too good to start small. Right. I think that starting small for some people is it's just that first like timid step into leadership, and for other people, it is that being humbled and that mindset shift. And I got to tell you, there are people at this church right now that have been leading in areas for 10 years. And we're leading in areas long before this church. They are looking for people to come alongside and train up so that they can hand it 
off. There are people that are looking to do this relay race of leadership, and I've had those conversations with people, you know, like, I've been doing this for so long, and it would be so great if I could find somebody to train up to do it after I'm done with it. Yeah, so, so don't wait. Start small. Uh, you know, you, you put this verse down in Luke sixteen ten. you know, when you're faithful with a little, that's where God will start to expect much. Right. Uh, too many people kind of want to sit back and say, well, when I get the big enough opportunity, I'll jump in. Right. Uh, which is why I appreciate your story. I'm saying, you know what? I know I'm not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do this. And I'm going to continue to grow in my leadership, and I'm going to continue to grow, and I'm going to, I'm going to be excellent at this, which is why the Right Now Conference and the Orange Conference and those things are yeah. so critical. I'm going to be excellent at this, and I'm going to grow in my leadership. And then when God says, hey, you've been faithful with what I gave you, let me give you more. Yeah, and I think that's one of those things where if you're moving churches and you've been in a huge leadership at another church, we still need you to start small here so that there's that trust that builds mm-hmm. between the church, the congregation, and you as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. So we just want to thank you for joining the podcast. This is a huge, huge, important topic for your life, for the church. It, it encompasses everything because everyone's a leader. Absolutely. So thank you, guys.